Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's another Andrew Porter show. You read me at CBSPhillySports.com. You can tweet me at AND underscore Porter. 888-729-9494 gets you through. Kevin Keenan behind the glass. John Johnson doing the updates. Good show coming up tonight. I'm excited. Matt Kelly, a.k.a. Fantasy underscore Mansion. One of the top fantasy football analysts. My, one of my go-to guys, he joins us at 9 p.m. I'm going to do a little fantasy football talk. Training camp starts tomorrow, and it's like, how much Eagles can we talk? We can pound our brains in with Eagles talk sometimes. We're going to break down the NFC East in terms of fantasy. Um, get you ready for your fantasy drafts. That's 9 p.m. But I want to start with this. Um, ESPN's Chris Haynes is just reported around 6.45 p.m. today that LeBron James will not waive his no-trade clause this season. Um, But he could opt out after the season. And obviously, we've all been reading Twitter, Instagram, LeBron, Philly. The rumors are all over the place. The tweets, Ben Simmons, the eyes emoji. It's LeBron playing Meek Mill. So on his Instagram story, Markel Fultz tagging LeBron on his Instagram story based on his sneakers. Uh, It's just, it's everywhere, and... We're immersed in it, and it's to the point where um, Philadelphia fans are basically thinking it's going to happen as if it's a foregone conclusion. People are posting it on their personal Facebook and Instagram accounts. Right before the show, my my girlfriend was like, uh, she's like, is LeBron coming to the Sixers? People are posting it on Instagram as if it's happening. And I I wanted to give my take on this whole situation because it, it warrants discussion. Look. I know it it doesn't affect this season, but when you have the biggest name in sports, arguably the most powerful athlete of the decade, maybe ever, uh, with rumors and speculation that he could join the Sixers next season, it's worth conversation. It's worth, you know, I know training camp begins tomorrow, but I wanted to give my take on this. It's worth it. It's a big conversation. It's a big point, and it would change the landscape of Philadelphia sports forever. So let's talk about it. So, and I know I'm going to get some pushback on this opinion. I've tweeted about it, but you know, that's okay. I'm going to be honest for a second. Let me be honest. Let me give my honest take. I'm going to rationally explain it. And then you can give up, give me a call 888-729-9494 and, and jump down my throat and tell me how crazy I am. But let me just hear me out first. When, when something's homemade, right? It's special. When it's homemade, it's from the heart. It takes more diligence. You use your own ingredients. It's typically, if it's food, it's healthier. It it could taste better. The experience is better. When you purchase something from a third party, it's expensive. It's faster. It's usually more convenient. It's not as satisfying. You you, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's a home-cooked meal, a piece of furniture, a house, really anything, when you build it yourself, 
when you construct it yourself, when you construct it from within, it's, you appreciate it more. It's special. The Sixers are homemade. We fought with our uncles and grandparents for the past four and five years over this team, over the process. We fought with Uncle Ned and Grandpa Billy. Oh, the Sixers are going to sell them. I, I fought with my dad and my grandparents and my uncles. I've, I've done it. And it, it's pretty much a generational thing, this whole process. It's been a debate and, and social media and the way, you know, Tony Kornheiser and Skip Bayless and Howard Eskin and Angelo Cataldi and everybody has route on the process. It's divided the fan base. It's, they've called it this, you know, division. It really isn't. It's really 85% normal people love the process and 15 crazy people, 15% just think it's stupid. But regardless, you know, we've dealt with this for years, for four or five years now. And, you know, here we are. We're finally here. Like, we're finally seeing the results. It's finally coming to fruition. We finally have a roster intact that's exciting and ready to compete, ready to win games. So, so let me say this. I love LeBron James. Let me get this out of the way. I love, absolutely love LeBron James. I do. And sports love, as much as you can love an athlete. I appreciate LeBron James. I respect him. He's probably my favorite non-Philadelphia athlete probably ever, I would say. Um, I, I just respect the way he's become bigger than the sport, and he's done it so classy, I guess, not just as an athlete, but as a father, a husband, a businessman, a, a social activist, a philanthropist. He's really, he's pretty much flawless. He's perfect. And, you know, we pick him apart for flopping and his flops go viral. And we pick him apart for little personality quirks and little things. But overall, LeBron James, the human being, he's pretty flawless. There's not much you can take out of him for how big he's become, for how amazing and how elevated his stardom has become, he's pretty much perfect. He's the epitome of a role model for kids. Who's, he embraces teamwork. He's passed first, on and off the floor. He's now arguably the greatest player of all time and inarguably one of the top five greatest players ever. But signing LeBron James after the season will be buying a meal or a piece of furniture. It will be purchasing that meal or purchasing that piece of furniture. It might be great. It might work, but it's not homemade. And, and I just want to see what this team can do. Is that, like, I just want to see what this Philadelphia 76ers homegrown team, what our team, our Sixers team, the process team, Hinky's team, what Hinky died for, what Brian Colangelo has you know, done a good job of adding on to, this core team. I want to see this team do their thing first. I want to see this team go to work first. Is that, is that so wrong? Before we clamor for LeBron James, before we clamor for like other superstars, whatever, but LeBron is big. He's bigger than the sport. He's not a role player. He, he, he's the shortcut. He's the shortcut button. And I want to see what this Sixers team can do first. I think Ben Simmons could be a prototype of LeBron James. Probably not as good, but possibly as important for the Sixers. I think Markel Fultz could play the Kyrie Irving role, the perfect perimeter complement to Simmons. I think Joel Embiid could be a revolutionary big man, one of the most popular athletes in the world, honestly. He could get to that level. I think Sarge could become the Carlos Ruiz of the Sixers team. I think Brett Brown could become a Hall of Fame coach. 
I really think all that stuff is possible, and that, that's the high ceiling of it all. But I think that, that could come to fruition. I think this roster is constructed perfectly. It's, it's perfect as is. We haven't seen it play one game yet. Simmons and Fultz and Embiid and Sarge and Covington and TLC. I think it's a very well-orchestrated roster. And, and yet we can't wait to clamor and write and beg and plead for LeBron James, a guy that we constantly torment and pick apart and mock for no reason at all. We can't wait for the shortcut button. You know, we, we can't wait for that. But really, you know, winning in pro sports is so rare. It's so difficult. Here in Philadelphia, it's damn near impossible. So a championship, however we get one, would be amazing. I'm not denying that. I'm not saying it would cheapen a championship or I wouldn't enjoy it. And look, make no mistake, if they sign LeBron James right now, if the Sixers announce it right now, okay, I'll get over it. I, you know, I like LeBron James. I'm just saying I'm not climb. I don't need to clamor for the guy. I'm more excited to see what this team can do without him. I think they're built to beat him long-term. They're built to be better than that. They're built by a core of three superstars, not one. They're built to dominate. They're built for the long haul, and that's exciting. There's a a special feeling about something that's homemade. Grandma's cookies or old wooden dresser that your dad built when he was a teenager. There's a special feeling associated with that. And that's kind of what the Sixers are. That's what the Phillies were in 08. You know, it's a, it's a homegrown thing. It's, it's something special. Guys that, you know, they've been accustomed to the city. They were drafted by us. They grew up in the organization. I just want to see what this homemade Sixers team can do before we go shopping on Amazon for guys like LeBron James. Is that so wrong? That's my genuine opinion. Is that so wrong? 888-729-9494. Let's talk a little bit about Sixers. Let's talk LeBron. Let's talk, and, and obviously the Kyrie Irving rumors are out there. And those are interesting as well. We can get in. And as much as I love this roster, Kyrie does fit here to, to an extent. He does fit. You have Markel Fultz. Um, I don't know. Maybe Cleveland listens to that to that rumor. Kyrie for Markel Fultz, and you, you package something, and you you get Ky- you know you push this thing along with Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. You know, m- maybe you do that. I don't know, but but I, I'm very excited to see this Sixers team this season and for many seasons to come. I don't think they need anything. That's the beauty of what they've built. They don't need anything. You know that. that People talk about what they need now, what they need next. They don't really need anything. They just need to stay healthy and play basketball. And that's exciting. And that's, you know, obviously LeBron James would help them. Obviously Kyrie Irving would help them. Obviously all these guys would help them. But they would help every team. You know, LeBron in L.A., what do you think they're talking? They're talking about LeBron James in L.A. They're talking about getting LeBron James after the season. Uh, Cleveland, I'm sure in Cleveland they think they're keeping LeBron James. I'm sure, you know, there's plenty. The Clippers, they think they're getting LeBron. A, A lot of cities think and want LeBron James. We're in a unique position where we don't, why beg? You know, we don't have to beg for LeBron James. We, that, that belittles us. We don't need LeBron James. Sure. It's like a luxury. And if he comes here, I don't, he's not going to come here. I don't think that's even realistic, but we don't need him. We don't need him. We have a roster built to outlast LeBron James, to beat LeBron James, to go further than LeBron. I mean, he's 32 years old. This Sixers team can easily, you know, not easily, but very realistically make the playoffs this season. 
And then who knows? And then from, from then on, it's, it's onward and upward. Could Ben Simmons be better than LeBron James? Probably not. Probably not. LeBron James is one of the greatest ever. But he can be that type of player, 6'10", pass first. He is that type of player. I mean, he's been compared to him already. His, his comps are LeBron and Magic Johnson, which are ridiculous. But that's a guy that you, you have, hopefully, even if he's 60% LeBron James, he's 21 years old. He just turned 21 two days ago. He's 11 years younger and two inches bigger than LeBron James. You don't really need LeBron James. You have guys that are bigger, better, faster, hopefully. I mean, down the line. That's the idea. That's the idea that you get there. And if you don't get there, if you fail, you fail. There's something special. If this team, when, what we had in January when the Sixers went 10-5, and five, you can feel it in the building. You know, it wasn't just a team that was winning games. Like every city and every, every pro sports town, every team, City goes through their ups and downs in pro sports. It's pretty much cyclical with football, baseball, basketball. You go through your ups and downs, your peaks and valleys, your winners and losers. That exists in every city across the country. You know, the Patriots win it all the time. They win Super Bowls. Uh, you have different teams. The Cubs just won. There was an emotional connection there because it took them so long. You know, we saw the Phillies in 08. The Penguins have won back-to-back Cups. You know, team, it, cities, it happens all the time. But certain cities and certain teams are connected with that city more so than others. There's a connection. There's a special bond. There's a reason. There's, there's turmoil that started it. Or there's a controversy that developed. Or there's you know, something that sparked this extra special connection. And the Sixers have that with Philadelphia. The Sixers have, you know, regardless of what people will say about the process and the debates that come up and the the different talking points and the different you know, talking heads that complain about the process and how it didn't work and how who knows if it will work and how many games will Embiid play and how many games will Simmons play and we, who knows about Markel Fultz and all the, all the nonsense. 85% of this fan base feels connected to this team because of what it's been through, because of the arguments, because of the controversy. And I, I don't want to give up before we even start yet. I don't want to hit... Easy button. I like playing on all Madden mode. I always like the challenge. I always take the long road. That's just the way I am. That's just the way I'm wired, I guess. I like difficult. I like accomplishing the hardest possible way. Accomplishing your goal, not taking the shortcuts, not you know, going around about way and doing it the right way. And there's something special. I mean, obviously a championship is a championship, but there's something special about a homegrown, homemade championship. Not saying that the Sixers will definitely win one, but that's the goal. That's the idea. 888-729-9494. 9 p.m. Fantasy underscore Mansion. Matt Kelly, he joins me. We'll talk fantasy football. Um, I want to get into the Eagles as well. Obviously, training camp begins tomorrow. First full team practice is Thursday. So we'll obviously get into that as well. 888-729-9494. It's the Andrew Porter Show, WIP Sports Times, 815. Andrew Porter Show, 822. I opened up with um, LeBron Sixers talk and my crazy take. I know it's crazy. I know I'm in the minority. I'm not deb- I'm not hiding behind that. I'm getting tweets. I'm crazy. I know I'm nuts. I, who doesn't want the best player in the world, Best one of the most powerful athletes on the planet, 
on their team, of course. And I'm not saying it would cheapen a championship or I wouldn't be happy once the Sixers got LeBron James. Like, if they were to sign him, I would, fine, whatever. I, I love LeBron James. I think he's a great player. I'd be, I'd be fine with it. But I'm not clamoring for LeBron on the Sixers because I want to see this team do it first. I think that's a fair explanation. I, I think this team is good enough to, to really build it from scratch, start from the bottom, and take it all the way. And do it their own way. Without, you know, the Warriors signed Durant, and that's great. And they won a championship. And I'm sure the fans loved it. And it was so much fun. But it's cheap. It really, it, It's cheap. To be honest, it's just cheap. It still counts. It still is fun. They still had the parade. All that exists. But it was cheap. It was. They're the favorites. They're supposed to win. As soon as you sign LeBron, you're the favorite. You're supposed to win. You know, th- there's an extra sense of something in that building, in the Wells Fargo Center, because of what it's been through, because of the turmoil, because of how bad they've been for so many years. And there's something special about that, about that homemade quality. Maybe it doesn't mean much. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just being ridiculous right now. But that's just how I feel. That's the way I'm wired. 888-729-9494. Shannon in Ocean City here on WIP. What's up, Shannon? How's it going, young man? Good. Yeah, you know, I, I think what you're saying is you know, you're, you're really keying in on the difference between generations here. You know, I, I, I of course, man, that there, there's not a team in a league that would turn down wanting to have Lebr- LeBron James on their team. I mean, you'd have to be insane not to want that. But I think what, we, what, we're, what we've been experiencing in Philadelphia for the last few years is just the generational difference between your generation, the Madden generation, the, the two, NBA 2K generation, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in this this thought process of you've got to build things to the draft, and you've you know you've got to be homemade to win a championship. When when really there's nothing further from the tr- truth. You know, I never said to, you have to be. I just said that I I think what the Sixers are doing can they can do it that way. You don't have to be that. I, I think it's a desire. You know, but when it comes down to it, it's just making the right decision. You know, at the right time, and that's something that I argue that we really haven't done over the last few years if you look at the results of our draft. You know, I think we missed a big opportunity just past draft when I think this draft was loaded. And I think we could have got two top ten players, and we settled for a guy who I don't think is um, – I think is good, but I, but I think there's other players in this draft that are going to be better players than, than he will be. So it just really comes down to making the bet right choice at the right time, and I think that's something we continue to struggle with as Sixers. That's fine, but um, – you know, Markel Fultz was the consensus top pick in this year's draft, and I mean, you can. Well, I mean, right now we just don't know, but I think well, we don't know. I mean, yeah, the last year's uh, rookie of the year was a second round draft pick. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> you right. Know? You're right. That's it, fair. It, and he balled out. I mean, right, right now. I mean, I look. I know we look at the Sixers young trio, but I mean, I I take the Milwaukee young trio right now over the Sixers young trio because I think Giannis is, you know, a once in a lifetime player. You know, so I mean, it's it's it, you know, it's perception, but. You know, another guy that was drafted mid-first round. So, I mean, a lot of times guys are drafted and, you know, expectations of what people think or projected don't always come to pass when you really start to see them play against elite competition night after night. That's true. Thanks for the call, Sean. I appreciate it. And it's hard to, you know, project. We can project all we want. I, you know, we can sit here and say whatever we want. And it's hard for me to be optimistic about the Sixers. You know, it's hard to convey that. Before it happens, you know, so you have Joel Embiid who's played 31 games, but I mean, anyone with eyes knows how good he can be at at basketball. And you look at Ben Simmons, and he's a big debate point, I guess, around Philadelphia, where I don't think we understand how good he's going to be. In my opinion, I think he's going to be great, but you know, people can on he can't shoot and this and that. But 
he's such a good prospect at 6'10", what he can do on and off the floor. But again, it's just me talking. So who's to listen to me? You know, what do, what do you care what I think? It, it, he has to go and do it first. So, uh, look, I, I would, I'd rather Embiid, Fultz, and Simmons over Giannis, Brogdon, and Parker, and Chris Middleton. I'd rather the Sixers than the Bucks. I think they're better. I mean, Giannis is the, probably the best player of the bunch right now. But that's only because the Sixers haven't proven it yet. I think Embiid and Simmons can be better than Giannis. But regard, regardless, as a core, I'll take the Sixers three over the Bucks, three or four guys. 888-729-9494. I want to get John in here. I don't know if he's listening. He wants to, he wants to get, get his. John wants to tell me how crazy I am, I think. What's up, John? Am I crazy? What's up there, Andrew Porter? How's it going? Welcome so in. so wait a minute, let me get this right. You would prefer the Sixers, should the opportunity ever present itself, uh, say, no thanks, LeBron, you're interested, but I think we'll pass. No, like, I'm not saying that, because that's obviously unrealistic. If LeBron wants to come here, like, from an organizational standpoint, obviously. No, 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 you're making him. the call here. But you're I'm, making this decision. Well, I would sign him. I'm not an idiot business person. I'm just saying from a fan's perspective, I don't. I'm not yearning for LeBron James. Like I'm not I don't need him to come here. I I'm excited to see what this team can do without him before LeBron James. Like is is that fair? Like I think I think hmm. it comes down to your expectations. Like I think this team is championship good going to be. Not this year but but maybe next sure, year. Sure, they could be. But you got to think of it uh, first of all, there's even I, Right now, it's a pipe dream, right? That he would have any interest in coming to Philadelphia. Right, we, right. we know the, you know, the the connections with with Ben, and there's a trainer on the team, and so on and so forth. But the only way, only way, he would have any interest whatsoever, should the time, should it ever present itself, that time period, everything has to go right for the team this year. Joel Embiid has to play sixty plus games. Ben Simmons has to be everything we hope he can be. Markel Fultz has to be everything we hope he can be, and then everything else has to fall into place. And, oh, by the way, they have to make the playoffs. Even if it's a 500 record, they have to make the playoffs and show they have that promise. Then, if that happens, because Cleveland's clearly falling apart, then if that happens, LeBron's like, yeah, I'm out of here, Cleveland. And he doesn't want to go to the West where the odds are vastly decreased that he would be back in the finals. The only other team in the East with that X factor would be the Sixers. So now that you're the Sixers, or in your case, for you, would you want him on board? Absolutely I would do it. I wouldn't even think twice. I, I don't think it would be, if it ever came about, I don't think it would be, this is LeBron's team, he also wants to play general manager. This is the final leg of his career. He's going to be jumping into a situation that's already established, where he, although will be a, a pivotal factor, won't be the guy that calls every single shot and tells everybody to take a back seat to him. He he could be the Pete Rose to I, this team. I totally if it ever happens. I totally agree with everything you just said there, and I'm I'm trying to hone in on right now, like on the feeling of this Sixers team right now, this season, and going forward without LeBron James, and why we feel like we need LeBron James. Whereas, like like isn't there a difference well, between like? Obviously, if you get LeBron James, it's great and it's everything. But no, I, now you it, become you're, the immediate you're saying it favorites. Cheapens. It, it cheapens the, it cheapens what you've been sitting through it, and what you've you've you know it, paid all maybe your not, dues. Maybe to. cheapens the wrong word, but it's not as fun. Maybe like this team is is so fun with Sarge and like, it's, like it's an our roster. Like, would I trade 
Sarich for Carmelo Anthony or something. Of course, like you should as an organization. I would never want Carmelo Anthony on my team. Well, I don't whatever. care who I'm giving bad, up. Bad example, but I'm saying if like, I'm giving up TJ, I don't want Melo. Would you trade Dario Sarich for you know whoever Carl Anthony Towns? Like mm-hmm. whatever. Of course, everyone would say yes, but. No, I, this is the team that I we built. like. Dario, no, Sire. I get it. I yeah. irrationally want to see this team compete. It's I know it's irrational. I know it's ridiculous, but I want to see it first. I get it. And like some people mine. want to say I'd rather lose without LeBron than win with him because it cheapens what we've sat through and what we've built, to, tr- attempted to build together. Exactly. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know why? Because we're not like the New England Patriots where we have three titles and we can say, you know what, LeBron, get lost. We can do it on our well, own. I stoop to their level. You know? but we haven't won any. You and I oh, both. Wait. How great was that? Uh, but great that's all that we have. I know, but it's like it may. I always mess with I have friends, and my best friend from college lives in Boston, and my, I have family in Boston. And I always, every year, they, they win the Super Bowl. They win a the championship. And I always go, mm-hmm. Is it even fun anymore? Like, I mess with them, and I'm no, like... they expect it at this is point. Is it fun? How is that fun? I'd rather... It's like, um, you know, it's something you don't get all the time. So when you get it, it's more... You're more appreciative of it. Of course it. you are. But it's something that everybody has to keep in mind, too. And there are many like you who would prefer, if that situation ever presented itself, would rather not have him here. Markel Fultz is 19 years old. I, I agree. 19... A decade from now, he will still be in his 20s. No, I agree. It'll take him four seasons to be an all-star. Right, but but, but the core of this team, it will still be in their 20s at the latest 30, a decade from now, well beyond once LeBron calls it a career. So, I mean... I, it would not cheapen it because the bulk of this team, would, the core of this team, would still be here years beyond. Again, everything's in theory, but right beyond. Matt and Glenn Mills here on WIP. What's up, Matt? Guys, let me tell you, great show. Thank uh, you. Really excited you're talking about the Sixers. Um, the thought I had was this is really the destination for not only free agents, but as they're going through the next draft next year, players want to be here. And I think it's it may be impossible, but what would it be if LeBron James actually ended up coming here? Can you imagine what a stellar stellar season that would be? It'd be incredible. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. It would revolutionize Philadelphia sports forever. There's no no debate in if, that. Now let's just play the hypothetical out. Like if they did get him, how long would he stay? Two years? That's all we need, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think he's like Tom Brady where his body is so ready. I think if you ask him, I think he wants to play till he's 40. I mean, I don't think he's ready to stop anytime soon. Uh, and he's all, I'm almost injury-free, isn't he? I mean, he's had injury a little free. thing, right? But nothing that's taking him out for a full season. No, he's never it's, missed more than two games or three games. in his, I, don't, I don't think he's ever missed any games consecutively to injury, ever. So let's just level set. The fact that we're even talking about it is crazy. It's crazy exciting. I agree, and that's why I think it's worth the conversation. Absolutely. Listen, you guys have a great night. Thanks again. Thanks for the call, Matt. Yeah, and in terms, like, I'm in an awkward position or, or a unique position where I, I am a huge LeBron guy. Like, I'm not anti-LeBron at all. I, I, I love everything he represents, and I love him as a player. I love him on and off the floor. I think he's a great athlete, great person. I, I'm all for him, and there's no denying what he would do for this city in terms of revenue, excitement. Uh, ratings, page views, ticket sales, jersey sale. It's like he's uh, he makes. I saw an article the other day, and, and a Reddit user. Actually, it's, so it's obviously one hundred percent factual. But a Reddit user put this together, and LeBron James makes for Dan Gilbert. He makes two hundred and twenty plus million dollars a year. So it's a, he's about six hundred and sixty million he's made since he's come came back to Cleveland. You know he's 
that powerful. He's so powerful. And it's it's really a tribute to him. And it is a tribute to what the Sixers built, that they are in the running. Like, if you made a list of top five potential teams that LeBron James could join after the season, the Sixers would probably be on that list. Like, like an unbiased national list, you would have to include the Sixers with the ties, with the cap space, with the East, the situation. And that's exciting, and it does warrant conversation. I know, you know, it's July twenty third, and training camp starts tomorrow. You know, and it's exciting. Eagles football is back, yay! But there's no, there's no conversation point in that. Obviously, next segment I'll talk about the Eagles. But I'm just saying, there's no like, there's no driving conversation point when the best player in the world is rumored or speculated to be here ever to come to Philly. That's conversation worthy. That's big. That's like almost bigger than sports. So yeah, it's worth the conversation. And my point is simply this. I believe in this Sixers team so much. This current roster, this current coach, this group of players, I genuinely believe in them so much where I don't think they need LeBron James. Sure, it would help. But need being the being the key word here, need. I don't think I think they can do this completely homegrown. I think they can do this completely their way from start to finish. You know, maybe it's taken longer than expected. A few injuries here and there have, have halted or altered the process. But now, you know, year five probably should end health obviously is a caveat, but should end in a playoff berth. And then it's onward and upward, and why Why not the Sixers? Why not? Why isn't they're not the next powerhouse in the East? You know, forget LeBron James. Let's believe, I believe in Ben Simmons. I believe in Joel Embiid. I believe in those guys. 888-729-9494. Maybe I'm crazy. Call me crazy. 888-729-9494. Uh, 9 p.m. It's at Fantasy underscore Mansion. Matt Kelly joins me. We'll talk a little fantasy football for you fantasy football folks out there. Drafts are coming up in August. We want to get you ready. We'll talk strategy, NFC East preview. He's going to go through all the NFC East teams and preview them from a fantasy football standpoint. And then uh, he'll give us one overvalued and undervalued player to key in on in your drafts. Coming up next, I'm going to go through some Eagles players. Training camp starts tomorrow. I'm going to go through about, what I got here, four, five, six, seven, seven guys. I have a season outlook. And just my my overall opinion on these seven Eagles players and how they'll do next season, how they project, and my overall viewpoints of this 2017 Eagles season. You can get in 888-729-9494. It's the Andrew Porter Show. WIP Sports Time is 838. Andrew Porter Show, 844. So apparently the uh, Michael Phelps racing a shark thing was fake. He raced a simulation. So Discovery, we completely duped everybody. It's ridiculous. Very disappointing. I wanted to watch that. Um, Let's go to, before I get into some Eagles talk, let's go to Mark the Pittsburgh fan in Margate. What's up, Mark? What's up, Andrew? What's going on? You you know, there's about as much chance of LeBron playing some minutes in Philadelphia as Allen Iverson right now. Really? No, there's I mean, more, more higher percentage that LeBron plays than Iverson. Iverson's, like, almost dead. I mean, Iverson 
isn't playing in Philly. LeBron's not playing in Philly. It's not happening. I could hear Eva in the background, or Gwen, one of them. Yeah, the little ones are <laughs> ready for bed. But I had to call in because you're, you're, you're talking crazy with this LeBron talk. You never know. I mean, it's, it's possible. No, it's not possible. Why not? Zero percent chance. There's why, why would, what's, what's in it for LeBron to come to Philadelphia? Well, I mean, if, if he leaves Cleveland, it's either the Lakers. Like, where would he go? The Sixers are a reasonable option, right? He'd be better off building his own team in Cleveland than, than, than coming to play. His team's too young still for LeBron. He hates He's only got he hates two, the three owner. Years left. He hates the owner. I mean, yeah, they are young. That is a problem. But Embiid um, would be 24. Simmons, he likes. Maybe they sign someone else. They have Reddick, who's 30. I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's, it's speculation. <laughs> no, I hear you. Right. Something to talk about, but it's probably not happening. All right. Thanks for the call. Talk to you later. Yeah, talk to you. There he is. Um, 888-729-9494. No, it's, obviously it's early speculation, but I think it's totally plausible because you have a young core built. You have cap space. You have He can fluctu- you know fluctuation with the, with the roster. He can build his own team. Big market. He has a connection to Simmons, clutch sports, obviously Embiid. I mean, they're ready to win quicker than people think. It's just, it's hard to make people believe that. You know, I can say it all I want, but until November happens, until they win basketball games, it's hard to see for some. And I understand that. I'm an advocate, but I can't promise, or I can't make you see anything. 888-729-9494. Eagles camp begins tomorrow. Practice begins Full practice begins on Thursday. So uh, here's my outlook for some of the Eagles players. And look, here, my overall viewpoint of the Eagles is this. The NFC East is really good. It's a really good division. The Cowboys are good. The Redskins are good. The Giants are good. And the Eagles are good. Any, all four of those cities and their fan bases think their team's going to win the division. That's just factual. The Cowboys were 13-3 and last year. They're the favorites, and they should be. They're the NFC East division defending champions. As much as we hate the Cowboys here, we must acknowledge Dak Prescott's good, Ezekiel Elliott's good, Des Bryant's good, the Cowboys are good at football. That's just fact. Eli Manning, as much as we make fun of him, he's played 16 games every season his entire career. He's a good quarterback. Odell Beckham's good. The Giants have a build in their defense. They're good. Kirk Cousins is top five in the league in passing the last two seasons. He's good. The, the Redskins, those teams are good, whether we want to admit it or not. That's number one. Number two, I like the Eagles players. I believe in the Eagles players. I like a lot of their guys. I like Carson Wentz. I like Jordan Matthews. He gets some heat. I like Zach Ertz. I like Alshon. I like Torrey Smith. I like Brandon Graham, Jordan Hicks, Malcolm Jenkins, and I'll talk about those guys in a second. I like all those players. I do not trust their ownership. I do not trust their management. Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, I do not trust them. I do not believe in them. So it's a, it's a for me, I'm battling. My, the dichotomy for me is, between front office and players. And then talent is most important in terms of professional sports. You need talent to win. Talent carries all. But in football, front office matters a lot. It means a lot. Robert Kraft is one of the best owners in sports because he lets Belichick do what he wants. Same thing in Seattle. You know, the Giants have, have been ran that way for many years. The Steelers. Jeffrey Lurie, he isn't like that. He likes Doug Peterson because he, Doug Peterson will do what he says. He doesn't like guys like Chip Kelly who will go against the grain and give him, you know, and, and go against and go against the, the box, go outside the box. He doesn't like that. And I don't know if that's conducive to a 
ultimately to a winning franchise. I don't think Howie Roseman's a good GM, and I don't think Doug Peterson. I don't know about Doug Peterson yet. It's still early. Maybe he could be a good coach. His career will be determined by Carson Wentz, fair or unfair, but they're going to be linked together probably for a long time. And I don't think, I don't believe in this Eagles go 7-9, Doug gets fired nonsense. I think Doug is here for at least three full seasons, at least, regardless of the record. I think the the Eagles will not make another change, and Lori loves Doug Peterson. They love Doug Peterson. He does what they say. He's, He's fine. He's easygoing. You can control him. They like that. So let me look at the players. And I I talked about the players. And I think they have a good group of young talent. And I I do believe in a lot of their players. Alshon Jeffrey, I don't think we collectively realize how good Alshon Jeffrey is at football. We talk about Alshon Jeffrey. He's here and he'll be better and he's a good player. And um, I heard Ruben Frank, who I respect, say he's not a top 10 receiver in the NFL because he's been hurt and his stats have been great. Um, Alshon Jeffrey's 6'3", 216. He runs a 4.53. Like, think about that for a second. He's 6'3", 216, and runs a 4.53. There's, I can't name five guys in the NFL that can do that at that size. He has a 105.4, and these stats are courtesy of playerprofiler.com, which is Matt Kelly's site. He'll be on at 9. But Alshon runs a 105.4 speed score. That score combines your height. That's an 83rd percentile score. He has a 10.26 catch radius. That's 89th percentile. He has two, he's played two full seasons, and I know that's a knock against him. In both of those full seasons, he's had at least 85 catches, 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's with a bad Bears team and a bad quarterback. 85-1,107. Now, I know he's missed four games last year. That was suspension. The year prior, he was hurt. But two, but he was only been hurt in, in 2015. From the last four seasons, he's only been hurt in 2015. The two prior seasons in 13 and 14, he's played a full slate of games. Last year, he was he missed four games because of suspension. His st- stats are not everything in the NFL. Alshon Jeffrey changes the complexion of an offense. You're, the defensive coordinators have to game plan against Alshon Jeffrey. He has to be basically double teamed or oversaw on every play, he changes the complexion of your offense. He can win games. He can win games. That's how good he is. He's a dominant force. The Eagles have not had that type of player for a long time. Even Deshaun Jackson, while he can take a top off a of defense, he's not dominant like Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey is Brandon Marshall dominant. You know, he's like that guy. He can have 12 catches. He can be Julio Jones good if he's healthy. He's an elite NFL receiver, and that's that's important. And we need to realize how good this guy is. Jordan Matthews is another guy, and I, I think we don't understand how reliable and how important Jordan Matthews is. You know, his numbers will come down this year. He's had about 80 catches, almost a thousand yards, and in, in all of his seasons. But there's more there's there's more guys now. There's more receivers. There's more weapons. So his numbers will come down. But Matthews is a very good receiver. He's big body. He does drop balls occasionally, but he can do a lot. He runs good routes. He can play. He's very versatile. You can put him on the outside, play him in the slot. He's a good receiver. Zach Ertz. Did you know that he's been, he's eighth. Zach Ertz is eighth among tight ends in catches and yards over the past four seasons. The eighth best tight ends in yards and catches. He takes a lot of heat here. Now, I've been very critical of Zach Ertz. He falls down. He doesn't get the extra yards. 
He's been on and off. He's, he's backloaded his stats some years. All that's true. But the tight end position is very, very weak in the NFL. There's not many good tight ends. Ertz is a reliable, big body. He's athletic. He can make plays. He's probably a top 10 tight end in the NFL. So, yeah, he's annoying sometimes, but he's not bad. He's pretty good. Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith is a guy that people have talked about getting cut for some reason. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Torrey Smith, six foot, 205 pounds. He's second in yards per catch. I think he's among the league, might be the league leader in yards per catch over the past five seasons. Four, four, three speed at six foot. I, I mentioned Alshon Jeffrey has a 105.4 speed score. Torrey Smith's is 105.0. He has a catch radius of 10.35, percentile bigger than Alshon. Torrey Smith is a really good receiver. He's been on a really bad team for the past two seasons, and people talk about his stats. Stats, stats, stats. That's all we look at in the NFL. Torrey Smith is a deep threat, and, and, he's, and he's much more, too. He's a very good receiver. If you remember him in Baltimore with a good quarterback, opposite Alshon Jeffrey, he's legit. You move Jordan Matthews in the slot. Now you have three above average all of a sudden. You have a good receiving core. All, all of a sudden, just like that, you have a good receiving core. Torrey Smith is a good player. Malcolm Jenkins, absolute leader, great player. We know how good Malcolm Jenkins is and needs to be said. Needs to be said before training camp starts. Malcolm Jenkins is a great player, and he deserves credit for what he's done for this team the past two, three seasons. Jordan Hicks, same thing. Chip, one of Chip Kelly's gems in the third round, what, whatever we say about Chip, he found Jordan Hicks for us, makes plays, makes plays, finds the ball. He's a good young linebacker. Jordan Hicks is a good player. Fletcher Cox is a beast. He gets a bad rap around here. Fletcher Cox is a beast. People focus on sacks for some reason when it comes to defensive tackles. It's so ridiculous. Sacks. How many sacks does Fletcher Cox have? He's six and a half sacks. Who cares? He's a defensive tackle, interior defensive lineman. They don't get sacks. It's not his job. He gets double teamed up the middle. He's obviously not going to have 12 sacks. He makes a lot of money. Sure but he's one of the best defensive tackles in football. He controls the line of scrimmage pretty much every game. He's a very good, even underrated, underappreciated player in Philadelphia, and that needs to be said, too. LeGarrette Blunt is the one guy I'm down. I'm more down on than the fan base. I, I just don't expect much from LeGarrette Blunt this year. He was a product of the system last year. He's a classic buy-high situation. 30-year-old running back. He had 299 regular season carries last year, which is ridiculous. 18 touchdowns last year on the Patriots. I could add 12 touchdowns on the Patriots. He had seven. His previous high in a season was seven total touchdowns. He had 18. Obviously an outlier at 30 years old. Obviously we're looking at something like six touchdowns next year. Don't expect 18 touchdowns from LeGarrette Blunt. He's just, you know, don't expect close to 299 carries either. That's kind of my viewpoint on those guys, and, and I'll talk about that more further. Coming up next, Matt Kelly at Fantasy underscore Mansion. We'll talk a little fantasy football, NFC East, Eagles breakdown. It's the Andrew Porter Show, WIP Sports Times, 857. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.